Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is the week nine start, desperate start, temper expectations and sit podcast. I'm doing a solo pod once again. Uh, Joey is... I think he's going to a wedding today. Something like that. Some excuse that Joey gives me. Second straight week without Joey. Let's see if he makes it back for week 10. Well, you know, he did make it back for week 9 waivers at least. But uh, who goes to a wedding on a Thursday? All right. Anyway, um, (laughs) I want to get into these starts. uh, But first, there are a couple of practice reports that I wanted to talk about uh, on this Thursday. Stefan Diggs is apparently fine. Uh, he has a rib injury, but he's going to play through it. He said he absolutely expects to play. Uh, both Matt Breida and Raheem Mostert are questionable for tonight. I don't know what to expect as far as... I don't even know who's going to be active. Y- yes, there's a report that they're expected to play, but I wouldn't be surprised if Matt Breida's inactive tonight. And even, even if he's active, he's a tough start for me, even in a good matchup. You know, you can start him as long as you understand that he could be taken out of the game at any point if he re aggravates, uh, you know, that ankle injury. Uh, Raheem Mostert's also questionable with the ankle injury. Obviously, if Brita doesn't go and Mostert does, at that point, I'm willing to start Mostert, but I wouldn't start him under any other circumstances. Um, Alex Collins was downgraded uh, to a DNP on Thursday, so he didn't practice. Now, we saw this, I think it was last week or the week before. Uh, I think it was two weeks ago where he got a full practice in on Friday and he played. Uh, so keep an eye out on that. Uh, Sony Michelle returned to practice today in some capacity. I mean, the you know the, he was present at the beginning of practice. You know where the reporters can see the players who are on the field, but no word of whether it was limited or full. We'll get the full practice report uh, later today. Uh, let's see who else. Uh, Chris Thompson. Still is out with that rib injury on Thursday. Uh, he's seen a, a new rib injury last week. So it is possible that he doesn't play this week. Um, if you're desperate at running back in a PPR league, Capri Bibbs will take over his role uh, as a passing down back. Um, and, you know, if Atlanta gets up on them, uh, he could be used. So just keep that in mind. Not going out of my way to pick him up or anything like that, though. Um who else? Uh, Tory Smith didn't practice on Thursday today either, uh, which is a good sign for DJ Moore this week. Moore played, you know, more than 70 percent of snaps last week, and that could continue this week. He has an amazing matchup. So, uh, if you want to start DJ Moore, if you have him, you're kind of hoping that Tory Smith doesn't make it back this week. Um, Gronk didn't practice today either. I mean, he he played last week. He was okay. He wasn't really affected this entire season. It seems like this back injury is really affecting his play on the field. Um, And, you know, he's not somebody who's been getting it done for you this year. So even if he doesn't go, obviously you'd rather play Gronk than any of the guys you're picking up off the waiver. Uh, But just keep in mind, he didn't practice today. Uh, Just stay tuned for his practice status uh, tomorrow. They might be just limiting him, uh, you know, just to not overwork him and just have him ready on game day. He doesn't necessarily need practice. 
Um, just updating Stefan Diggs. He's not practicing on today either, but he's he definitely plans on playing. Now, this is the player saying this. Um, it's probably a pain tolerance issue, so it probably is up to the player. Uh, but, you know, keep in mind that Diggs, uh, it's him saying that he's going to play, not necessarily the trainers or medical staff. Uh, so just, just obviously monitor him throughout the weekend. Um, CJ Beathard probably won't play tonight. Uh, he's still questionable. He might play. It's possible. But, you know, he's had a hard time gripping the football because of that wrist injury. Uh, so, you know, if you were planning on, you know, starting him, which I understand deeper leagues, you need a streamer against a bad Oakland defense, it's probably not the best idea, even if he plays um, just because of that, that injury. Uh, if he if he's having a hard time gripping the football, not sure uh, if, he, if, he, if he can get that long ball uh you know, long ball to a guy like Marquise Goodwin, which is, I mean, how else would they score, <laughs> right? Um, let's see. Uh, I think that's a, I think that's about it. Uh, Cooper Cup returned to a limited practice yesterday, so it's possible he plays this week. It's a great matchup, so you're hoping that he's good to go. Uh, yeah, and that's about it. That's all I got. Um, let's let's get into the matchups real quick. So the starts that I got for this week, the first guy I wanted to talk about was Latavius Murray. Um, you know, in the beginning of the season, you know, we thought, like, okay, he's the handcuff. Dalvin Cook's out. Let's get him in there. But he couldn't get any good games going, and we lost a lot of trust. But over the last three weeks, he's really come through big. Uh, tough matchup last week. Uh, I wasn't so excited about him, but he definitely came through. Um, now, this week he goes up against the Lions defense. You know, they've allowed 240 rushing yards over the last two weeks, which is the second most in the league. They've allowed 5.1 yards per carry for the season. Um, you know, and last week, what was really encouraging was that they use him as a passing down back, even while they were in comeback mode uh, to, you know, to kind of try to come back uh, with the Saints going up. So I think we can finally start to trust this guy. And, and he this week, he should definitely be in lineups uh, while Dalvin, Dalvin Cook gets ready to hopefully come back after the week 10 bye. Uh, another guy, Carrion Johnson. Now, I'm going to assume that Theo Riddick is out again. Um, now, if Riddick is good to go, now, just keep in mind that he did get back to a limited practice, so we'll see what his status is, uh, you know, for the rest of the week. Uh, but if Riddick is good to go, he's going to go back to assuming his passing down role, and I will consider Carrion a start as a result of not having anyone else because of the tough matchup he'll have on the early downs. Um, if he has the passing down work, you know, I'm talking about Carrion here, I think he has a really safe floor in PPR leagues with upside. But, you know, on early downs, the Vikings are allowing 3.2 yards per carry overall over the last three games. So if we expect any production, it would probably be in the passing game where they've allowed the fourth most passing yards to running backs over the last four games. Um, so I really like him if Theo Riddick is out, but if Riddick plays, I don't like him as much. Now, obviously, Golden Tate, um, you know, is not on the team anymore. A lot of targets are up for grabs. So on early downs... You know, Carrion could get an increase in targets, uh, but he he probably won't see, uh, you know, close to 10 targets like he saw last week. Okay, uh, Chris Carson, it's really tough to, to deny the volume that the Seahawks are, are giving Carson, trying to give Carson. He's been averaging 22.5 carries over his last four games. Um, they're a run-first team, and they're going to continue to run until they can the Chargers' run defense has been a bit leaky lately. They allowed 4.6 yards per carry over the last three games. And at home, they've been stout, but they're in Seattle. Um, and in away games, they've given up 4.7 yards per carry uh, in opposing teams' venues. So 
I'm not really, you know, scared of this matchup at all. Uh, so I'm going to continue to start uh, Chris Carson and, you know, hope for another 20-plus carries. Another guy I'm starting is Mark Ingram. Uh, this game uh, is projected to be, you know, Vegas is projecting it at 60 points, which is amazing. Uh, you, you'll want anyone who's going to touch the ball as much as Ingram will in your lineup. Uh, he might not be the favorite for goal line looks anymore, but he's still going to have his chances there. Um, they rotate their guys. Obviously, Kamara's going to have the edge, but Ingram is still going to get his shot at goal line opportunities. Uh, you know, depending, you know, Kamara gets a long run uh, into the five-yard line. For You know, Ingram is going to come in and get a shot at the goal line because he's a good goal line back. It's not like they only limit those goal line carries to Kamara. So he's going to get them. Um, and we saw that in the Redskins game, uh, you know, in his first game back. Both of these backs are versatile, and both will be used in most situations. I, I think Kamara obviously gets the edge in passing situations. Um, you know, so if Ingram can get 15 to 17 touches, you know, on the Saints, this that's more valuable than most, you know, than touches on most teams in the NFL. So I'm still rolling with him. Uh, Aaron Jones, <laughs> finally. So Ty Montgomery was traded to the Ravens, as you know. And I think we can finally start Aaron Jones with some confidence. Um, you know, this this three-man mess of a backfield has become a manageable two-man backfield. Um, obviously, you, you want, you know, you don't want Jamal Williams there, but it's just a reality. And quite frankly, uh, it got a lot better and a lot more easier to predict going forward. Um, so Jones' time on the field and touches have and will increase, you know, and on this offense, his explosiveness will reap those benefits. He, he's going to be tough to sit most weeks moving forward. And and this game, this game can be a shootout. There's going to be a plenty of opportunity for him. He's running more routes. He might not be the favorite for goal line work, but like I mentioned with Ingram, he's going to get his opportunities as well. I don't think Williams is locked in to that goal line uh, goal line role. We've seen all three of these backs get, you know, inside the five type of opportunities. Okay, so I mentioned DJ Moore earlier. If Torrey Smith is out, you know, you got to expect Moore to be above that 70% uh, snap threshold uh, for the second straight week. Now, Tampa Bay, they have struggled mightily against slot wide receivers this year. They're giving up the most fantasy points to those interior wide receivers. Uh, and, you know, you've seen DJ Moore play. He has big playability. Uh, he caught five or six targets last week for 90 yards. And he's in a good spot to have another great game. Uh, so, and if this game go, becomes a shootout, like it can be, you know, with Tampa Bay's defense being so bad, uh, you know, Cam Newton might tear him up. And then Fitzpatrick, you know, you know, he's a gunslinger. So there's going to be a lot of opportunity uh, for all the pass catchers in this game. Uh, Jarvis Landry, he caught eight balls for 39 yards last week. That's that's impressive, even for him. Uh, we have no idea what to expect from this offense after the head coach change, you know, the offensive coordinator change. But if there's one thing that we do know, it's that Cleveland will go past heavy in this game uh, to try and catch up with Kansas City eventually. Uh, the Chiefs have given up the eighth most fantasy points to slot wide receivers over the last four weeks. So Landry does have a shot to bounce back. He's not too exciting in standard leagues, right, obviously, but he should be fine in PPR formats. Okay, Josh Gordon. I, I think that this potentially can be his breakout game. Uh, he had a tough matchup last week against Tredavious White. And, you know, while there was a scare of him being reprimanded for being late to some meetings, um, he wasn't limited. Like Ian Rappaport's report said it was he was going to be. Uh, Bill Belichick denied the report as well. But, you know, 
take take that with a grain of salt. Who knows what is really going on? Bill, Bill Belichick has his own motives, and even if it was true that he was late to meetings, you know, you never know. Bill Belichick might deny that, but you know, to the media, but in house, uh, everyone knows what's up. Now, after the wide receivers coaches have kind of like raved about Josh Gordon, even after the fact, even after this game, and when asked about, hey, like. What's up with these reports? Like, has Josh Gordon been late to meetings? Like, all they said was, he's been great. Um, we He's been doing everything we've been asking him to do, and he's been working really hard. So there's not much else we can ask from him. Uh, and they said he's not perfect, but, you know, he's, he's doing great. So that, to me, is kind of a vote of confidence. So I'm not as worried, you know, now um, after this game has played out. But either way, uh, this week, he has a great matchup, right? Another potential shootout. A lot of shootouts this week. Patriots, um, Patriots and Packers. Uh, he's not going to have a shutdown corner following him around this week. And like I said, like this secondary, they haven't been great on the perimeter over the past four weeks. I think this truly can be a breakout game for him. Um, another guy who might have, well, Traquan Smith kind of had a breakout game a couple weeks ago, but truly, you know, once Tegan went on, after Tegan went on IR, uh, Traquan Smith has a real opportunity in this game. Now, this game. Projected total, 60 points. Like I said, you know, when these high-scoring games are in the Dome in New Orleans, the Saints bring their A game, and the other team has to catch up. Now, in this case, the Rams, you know, the Saints might be catching up to the Rams, but either way, like, you got a winning scenario here. Um, The Saints, they haven't had a high-volume passing game over the last two weeks, um, and I'm not sure how, how much you should take out of that Ravens game. Uh, but the Vikings gave the Saints a few short fields last week, so Breeze didn't have to throw much in that game either. So this week against, you know, this week they're going to need to pass the ball to keep up with the Rams. Um, and I think Traquan should be a real part of that. He played on 73% of snaps and then 77% of snaps over the last two weeks. And the Rams have allowed the seventh most fantasy points to the to the right side of the field over the last four weeks, where Smith lines up on most of his routes. And if the Rams decide to shadow Michael Thomas with Marcus Peters, like they did last week against Devontae Adams, I hope they don't. Michael Thomas will tear him up. I mean, either way, they're going to be in trouble. Um, and that's besides the point. I think if that does happen, they're going to leave Troy Hill on Smith, um, who has been given up more than half a fantasy point per route run against him. So it's a great matchup for Smith, and I think this could be a, a breakout game for him. Okay. Uh, Chris Godwin, Deshaun Jackson... They are happy that Ryan Fitzpatrick is back. Uh, so James Bradbury, um, you know, the Panthers' corner, he usually shadows the number one wide receiver. Uh, he's probably going to be focused on Mike Evans. Um, and I think Godwin should be able to take advantage of his matchup uh, with Ryan Fitzpatrick under back under center, who's, who focuses on those top three wide receivers. Um, the Panthers are top 15 in allowing fantasy points to wide receivers on the perimeter. And it's possible that this game... Uh, turns into a shootout with that total of 55 this week. So, Galvin has had three touchdown games with Fitzpatrick from weeks one to three, um, and even had a 10 target game against the Steelers in week three. He's a good start. You know, if you have some wide receivers on bye this week, he's a great, uh, you know, plug and play. Uh, as far as Deshaun Jackson, he didn't do well in that third game with Fitzpatrick, but in those first two games with him, he had 275 yards and three touchdowns. And almost, uh, and then. In week four, you know, when Fitzpatrick got benched, uh, almost all of those 112 yards that Deshaun Jackson had in that game came from Fitz before he got benched. 
Um, and then I was looking at the at the um, at the game log, and one fun thing, one note that I saw from that game, uh, or one note that I took rather, uh, was that when Jameis took over in that Week Four Chicago game, his fir- his four of his first five passes were to Adam Humphreys. So that tells you what you need to know. So if you have any of these Bucks wide receivers, you know you better hope that Fitzpatrick is their quarterback for the rest of the year. Okay, moving into desperate starts. The first guy I want to talk about was Doug Martin tonight. Um, the 49ers offense, they've struggled over the past two games. They might be without C.J. Beathard uh, because of that wrist injury. So, you know, as bad as the Raiders' defense is, they'll probably be able to handle an offense led by a second-year undrafted free agent uh, potentially making his first start. Um, and I think Martin, because of that, Martin can get some serious volume in this game. Um, judging by how he looked last week, he might actually be able to do something with it. Um, if you're struggling with running backs on bye, you could do a lot worse, honestly, with someone who could possibly see 20 touches. I think he, he gets a little bit of a downgrade if Beathard is like good to go, um, which is crazy to say. Uh, but these are both struggling teams, um, and if Beathard can't play, I, I don't see the 49ers offense doing much. Okay, so Jordan Howard, uh, the Bills, they're a good defense, but they're going to have a tough time scoring points against the Bears. And because of it, I think Howard can build some volume just like he did last week and have a chance at a goal line score. It's tough to sit, you know, the potential volume that he can get this week. And he can potentially see some short field positions with Nate Peterman potentially starting this week. Um, you know, he, he likes to throw interceptions. So because of that, um, Howard can see some short fields and potentially get a touchdown or two. Uh, Lamar Miller, can the dude actually have three straight good games? I mean, he hasn't come up with two straight good games since he's been on the Texans, but three would be amazing. Now, this Denver defense, they're allowing 5.1 yards per carry uh, and the second most total rushing, rushing yards. Now, I think Todd Gurley went over 200 yards against them two, two weeks ago. No, three weeks ago. And then over the past two weeks, they've been okay. Um, now, David Johnson, you know, that run game isn't that great. And then you had Kareem Hunt. Um, you know, they did a really good job against Kareem Hunt uh, last week. Uh, but, you know, if this game stays close, I think Lamar Miller has a shot to get some volume. He's averaging 20 carries over the last two weeks. So, you know, I, like I said, I was shocked that he had two straight good games and three would be mind-blowing. Uh, but, listen, it's a good matchup. We should, probably shouldn't overthink it. Uh, he should probably be in lineups this week. Uh, Peyton Barber, this isn't the best matchup, but it's not the worst either. Um, teams generally don't run much against the Panthers, but it's not like they're leaving running backs below four yards per carry. You know, so it's just a problem of teams not having the volume. Now, Barber can get volume in this game if Fitzpatrick can keep the Bucks in the game. I'm not necessarily counting on it. Now, I mentioned him because, you know, we're in the midst of a of bye week, so he would be a desperate start for, for the hope of some volume while Ronald Jones is nursing his hamstring injury. So, you know, this isn't that three-man backfield that we saw over the past couple weeks. Um, Calvin Ridley, uh, he hasn't had a big game since week four. Uh, but he faces a, a Washington defense this week that has allowed a ton of fantasy points to wide receivers lining up on the perimeter. Um, he moves around a lot, but he spends about 75% of the time on the outside. Now, Washington did upgrade the secondary uh, by acquiring HaHa Clinton Dix, and we'll see how that plays out. But it might take a game or two to you know get fully acclimated to the playbook you know, and all that. Um, another concern is that this game will likely not be a shootout. So there might not be a ton of volume in the pass game. 
uh, if this matchup is halfway decent, though, we should we know that you know really has a ceiling that's hard to ignore. Uh, so you know if you're kind of you know you're on bye weeks, a couple guys hurt, but I'm not you know going out of my way to have really in my lineup this week. Uh, Sammy Watkins. While this game probably won't be a shootout, it doesn't mean they won't score. Uh, Watkins has had a couple duds this year, but he's had more good games than bad. Uh, Tyreek Hill, you know his groin injury apparently isn't bad, so it's it's not keeping him out of practice. He's practicing in full right now. Uh, so Denzel Ward, he won't be solely focused on Watkins, which is, which is a good thing. Uh, either way, the Browns haven't been great on the perimeter. You know, they've been in the top 10 in allowing fantasy points to wide receivers this year. So let's see if Watkins can build on that momentum. You know, on this offense, you know, you get excited because anybody can potentially score in any given week, and Watkins has done it more often than not. Uh, in PPR formats, I like Willie Sneed. Pittsburgh has been terrible against slot wide receivers this year. And, you know, while we don't have to expect a bigger game for Sneed, maybe we can just be confident that he'll have his typical, you know, 2018 game, which is like five catches or 55 yards. You know, he's had less than seven targets only twice this year. So really consistent volume. Um, he's had 10 plus targets in two of the last three games. And like I said, I'm only interested in in PPR formats because he'll give you like a safe floor of 10 points if that's what you're looking for. Um, now, Cortland Sutton, he's been the hotness this week with DT out of the picture. Um, you know, I think he can start getting some volume to go with his efficiency. He's hadn't had more than three catches in any game this year yet, but has held uh, a 10-point floor in PPR since week five. Uh, DT, he's had about six targets per game, um, you know, since week three. And that should be distributed to both Sutton and Sanders. So Sutton will have more opportunity to shine uh, with that big big playability that he's shown. Um, now, Houston has had trouble in cover, covering wide receivers on that left side of the field where Sutton usually lines up. Um, you know, about 50% of his snaps. And they've been allowing the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers on that side. Um, now, the reason why Sutton is more of a desperate start than, like, like go ahead and start him, like feel confident, is because it's probably better to see how it plays out first, right, without DT on the field, you know, than to just assume he's going to kill it right away. I, I I also wouldn't bench guys who have been doing it for me just to get Sutton in my lineup. The good thing is you're probably starting him because of all the desperate times we're in, you know, with all the wide receivers on by and all that, so he's really not a bad start at all. Uh, Randall Cobb. Now, the Patriots' vulnerability is the middle of the field where they've given up the second most fantasy points to slot wide receivers over the past four weeks, um, the fifth most fantasy points to them over the course of the season. So hopefully Cobb plays more snaps than he did last week, but it seemed like he was limited because of that hamstring injury. He only played on 46% of snaps, only ran 16 routes, but he still caught four or five targets for 40 yards. So he ran 16 routes, he got five targets, so... If he's running routes, he's going to get those targets. I mean, that's a, what is that, 33% of, on 33, he he was targeted on 33% of his routes. That's a good sign um, if he plays a full complement of snaps. So let's see if he gets any full practices in uh, this week. If he's off the injury report going into the game, um, he should definitely be able to take advantage of this matchup and return um, a good fantasy outing for you. Uh, obviously, he's much more preferred in PPR formats um, in a game that could turn out, turn into a shootout. Um, just because, you know, he has a low depth of target. Uh, so it's more about racking up the catches for him. Uh, another guy, you know, low depth of target, racked up, racking up catches type of guy is Danny Amendola. His targets have dropped in each game since his 11 target game uh, against Chicago in week six. But he's been pretty involved since Brock Osweiler has been behind center. 
He's had reception totals of 8, 6, and 5 the past three weeks and has a good shot of 5-plus receptions this week against Buster Screen and the Jets, who've allowed the third-most fantasy points to slot wide receivers. So I'm, I'm perfectly fine with throwing Amendola in your lineup in PPR leagues. Another guy, Tyler Lockett. Um, dude has scored in every game except one this year. He might draw shadow coverage from Casey Hayward, but even if he does, he can still score in on any given play. If he gets matched up on Trevor Williams, he'll have an advantage. So Lockett has been money, and why not follow that money if you need a wide receiver uh, to fill in for this week? Uh, guys, I'm tempering my expectations on, starting with Adrian Peterson. He's been getting it done with volume, and, and while it's possible he sees volume once again, Teams haven't been running it much against the Falcons, even though they aren't great at stopping it. Teams have been attacking them through the air, but it's not really what the Redskins do. They want to run the ball. They want to play defense. And yes, the corners on the outside do need to play play better, even you know with their acquisition of Haha Clinton Dix. Um, you know, there's still a chance the Falcons do get up while the Redskins have a hard time coming back. Um, and if that's the case. You know, obviously, Adrian Peterson wouldn't be the guy on the field. It would be either Chris Thompson if he plays, um, or it would be Capri Bibbs, who would be the replacement passing down back. Um, so, Peterson, you know, no doubt, he's tough to sit, you know, because of the volume he's been getting. But because of the range of possibilities and outcomes of this game, I would temper my expectations just a little bit after that big, uh, big eight, week eight performance. Another guy, Philip Lindsay. It's tough to sit Lindsay with how he's been playing, especially with Royce Freeman potentially sitting out again. Um, now, Frank Gore and Kenyon Drake were able to find running room against this Texans defense, but and that's encouraging, no doubt, for Lindsay going into his matchup against them. But the Texans have been pretty stout overall. 3.6 yards per carry allowed for the season, 3.9 over the last three games, um, and that's including um, the game against the Dolphins. Now, the Texans do allow running backs to catch the ball, more than the average, so Lindsay's involvement in the passing game should keep his floor relatively safe, um, but also keep keep in mind that Royce Freeman is practicing on a limited basis, so it's it's possible um, that he even suits up this week. I don't think he will, because high ankle, high ankle uh, sprains usually uh, last a little bit longer, uh, but yeah, you, you want to keep all that in mind going into this matchup. Uh, Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, obviously both of them uh, get an upgrade um, rest of the season because Golden Tate's like eight targets a game, you know, is up for grabs. Uh, but, you know, we have been dealing with Galladay underperforming for a few weeks now, and then Marvin Jones exploded last week. Now this week, you know, we'll see who Xavier Rhodes chooses to shadow. Uh, it is possible that he just plays aside because of how good both of these wide receivers are. Uh, but either way, the Vikings have been great on the perimeter this year. Um, they're allowing the 30th and 32nd most fantasy points to wide receivers on the left and right side. That's another way of saying they're really good at defending wide receivers on the outside. Um, over the, these, those are numbers over the last four weeks. Um, and overall, they've held it down all year. Uh, but these guys are both, um, Marvin Jones and Kenny Gallagher are both capable of beating whoever matches up against them. That's including Xavier Rhodes. And we saw what, we saw what Marvin Jones did to Xavier Rhodes on Thanksgiving last year. Um, so both of these guys are still tough to bench, even in the tough matchup. Uh, Stefan Diggs, I mentioned him with that rib injury. He should be shadowed by Darius Slay this week. Uh, the Lions as a whole have done a pretty good job against wide receivers on the perimeter. And, you know, Diggs will see a lot of work, a little bit of work in the slot. Um, and he can come off with a high catch count without having the yardage to go with it. So, he, you know, obviously he's still tough to bench, uh, especially in PPR leagues. Guys, I'm sitting, I'm sitting Matt Breida. 
you know, the matchup is juicy, but is Brita healthy? Like, you know, he didn't have his explosiveness explosiveness against a terrible Arizona rush defense this past Sunday. Um, only put up 2.6 yards per carry on 16 carries. He got his largest workload of the season <laughs> after re-aggravating his quote-unquote high ankle sprain. Um, so, so strange. On a, on a short week, you know, would we be surprised if he was active and they limited him while Raheem Mostert got 12 carries? I wouldn't be surprised you know i'm looking for another option honestly even if he plays like you never know what this uh distribution is going to look like in that backfield and you also don't know if he's going to re-aggravate something again get hurt again um in the middle of the game and like you just never know uh but yeah so i i'm i have a lot of hesitation you know as far as starting matt Breida this week a couple other guys tevin coleman and ito smith the falcons simply haven't been you know focusing on getting their backs the ball uh, Coleman and Smith have been averaging 12 and 11 touches, respectively, over the last two games. Um, they don't really offer a high floor or a ton of upside. So not to mention the matchup, the Redskins have allowed the third least amount of rushing yards this season. 3.5 yards per carry over the last three. Um, Saquon, Zeke, Christian McCaffrey, they, they combined for less than 100 yards rushing against them. So if you had to pick one to start out of desperation, it would be Coleman. But I'm looking for other options this week. Deion Lewis, Derrick Henry, I feel like they're in my sit column every week. Um, how can we really feel any confidence from these guys? If you're going to start one, it would be Dion. Uh, but the Cowboys, they're pretty stout against the run. Three and a half yards per carry this season. Uh, not a great spot for them this week. So if you're desperate, obviously Lewis, you had a good week before the bye week. So it gives you an inkling of hope for this week. Uh, Allen Robinson, if he's active, now he's coming off a groin injury, well, you know, he's, he might still have that great injury. He hasn't practiced yet. Um, if he plays, it can be re-aggravated, right? Those soft tissue injuries you got to be careful with. Um, usually that won't be a deciding factor, but he's also going to draw a shadow from Trey Davis White this week. You know, he'll, he'll, he will be getting snaps in the slot where White doesn't follow wide receivers into, but I just don't have that much confidence against a defense that has done a great job overall against wide receivers. Um, and... Another thing with this offense is that it has so many weapons that they can easily just not involve Robinson and still click and be fine. So I'm kind of looking for another option because of that. Um, Kiki QT, big waiver wire pickup this week. Chris Harris just isn't the matchup that you want uh, you know, to see coming off a hamstring injury. Risk of re-aggravation early in the game on top of the terrible matchup. Along with Demarius Thomas potentially seeing some targets, that just doesn't add up to a good start this week. So if you can pivot off of Kiki with another option this week, I would. Uh, Tyrell Williams. Obviously, this makes me nervous, <laughs> right? Because he can take the top off any defense. But, you know, the Seahawks have allowed one 40-plus yard passing play this year. Um, they're fifth best in not allowing 20-plus yard passing plays. He's boom bust with him only producing on those long touchdowns. And this week's matchup, it projects bust. So... It still makes me nervous, <laughs> right? Because like he can do it against any defense. But uh, if I had to choose Boom or Bust this week, it would be Bust. And that's all I got, guys. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, hopefully, Joey is back next week so we can um, have a little bit more conversation about who we would start and get a little, you know, a, a different opinion and not just me blabbering the whole time. Uh, but yeah, I really appreciate you guys listening to this, um, you know, and supporting me here on Instagram. Uh, and by the way, you can follow me on Instagram at Upperhand Fantasy. Um, and yeah, have a great weekend. If you enjoyed this podcast, 
if you can rate it five stars, that would be awesome. And, you know, just hope you guys have a great weekend. Uh, enjoy the game tonight, I guess. 49ers, Raiders. Uh, maybe just do something else. <laughs> well, enjoy your weekend, guys. Have a good one. Uh, see you guys next week.